ACL rehab is what it, it's the it's the bread and butter of my of my clinic. That's what we we specialize in, right? And uh, and also it's, it's really it's misguided a, a lot, right? Because most people when they tear the ACL, they're at the most vulnerable stage, and they would just look for any guidance from any PTs, right? And every single PT clinic would say, oh yeah, we specialize in ACL, but not really. Just like you know every Italian restaurant sell penne alla but only some make really good ones. So I figure it's it's time for me to yeah you know put my resources and my knowledge together and then put it down in a book that is easy to read. And for the first time ever, I'm writing stuff for what my audience wants to hear about. podcast designed to help you change your mindset and your life. It is time for something new. Join host Dr. Shante Cofield, also known as the movement maestro, on a journey to see the bigger picture. Open your eyes. Find your passion and discover how movement unites us all. Let's get it popping. This is Maestro on the Mic. I'm the maestro and you're about to get maestro vibes. Three, two, one. Hello, friends, Maestro here. Welcome back to another episode of my favorite podcast. Today, I am utilizing the fact that this is my podcast and I get to do whatever I want with it. And I have brought on, or I should say brought back, one of my good friends. He's a colleague. It's been incredible to watch him grow and just fucking take over. And I've brought him on to talk about his book. He is now a published author. So I actually had Dr. Nettie Bandesack on for episode 148. Courtney, if you could link that for me. Thank you. And now I have brought him back. He's the founder, CEO of Myokinetics. He has his own clinic. We talked about that in uh, episode 148, the realities of, of being a clinic owner. And today we're going to talk about, at least start by talking about the fact that this dude wrote a whole ass book. It's called The Complete Guide to ACL Rehab, and I've brought him on to talk about the entire book, the process. You can hear about it, you, how you can buy it, and just get inspired by the fact that this guy is doing the damn thing. Without further ado, welcome to the show, my good friend, Dr. Natty Bandasak. Welcome back, Natty. Thank you, Shante. Thank you for having me back. I appreciate it. Dude, this is freaking phenomenal. I was actually trying to think. I know that it was episode... 178 that I had you on, but I don't, I'm not even sure what I got to go back and I'll look while you go into the next part, but how long ago that was, but you know, with the internet and things like that, it feels like, Oh, I just talked to you yesterday. Meanwhile, it's, you know, it's been years, Maybe and, two years. right? It's yeah. Insane. I mean, COVID is like a blip anyways. Yeah, so totally. <laughs> I just, I felt like it was a long 2020 and then next thing you know, it's 2022. And exactly. And now here we are. When did you actually write the book, Natty? So the book got started last year in 2021. Um, you know, I always wanted to write a book and, you know, it's, it was the next step for me in my career, really. Um, and, you know, I, I want to write something about um, that I'm really passionate about. And, you know, ACL rehab is what got, it, it's, the, it's the bread and butter of my, of my clinic is um, how I, was able to get people to 
you know, to come to my clinic because that's what we we specialize in, right? And yeah. uh, and also it's, it's really it's misguided a, a lot, right? Because mm -hmm. most people when they tear the ACL, they're at the most vulnerable stage, and they would just look for any guidance from any PTs, right? And totally. every single PT clinic would say, "Oh yeah, we specialize in ACL," but not really. Just like you know, every Italian restaurant sell panella vodka, but <laughs> only some make really good ones. <laughs> that so is I such a good it's, it's time for me to, yeah, you know, put my resources and my knowledge together and then put it down in a book that is easy to read, uh, very simple, um, no medical jargon, and it's not for the medical world. Wow. Um, it's for the parents, the coaches the athletes themselves, uh, people who are actually going through it. Um, and for the first time ever, I'm writing stuff for, for, um, what my audience wants to hear about. And this is huge. Yeah. And my audience is again, not for the medical world. <laughs> yeah, this is huge, but I am 100% certain that the medical world will benefit from reading this book, namely for what you just said before that every, you know, Italian restaurant sells, serves, tries to make market penny la vodka, but not everyone is good at it. So the fact that we have someone that specializes in it and is taking that approach from like what the actual consumer is going through, what they want to hear, every practitioner could 100% benefit that from that, especially those that don't specialize in in ACL rehab. Mm -hmm. I, I, ah, this is phenomenal, phenomenal. So my, my dude, what exactly made you want to do it? Like, yeah, you said it was the next step, but like, did you see a, a gap? Like were people coming in asking the same questions? What made you want to write this book? Yeah. Um, great question. Um, main reason is there's a huge gap in expectations when it comes mm -hmm. to the return time. Right. Um, yes. I am, tired of explaining to people that it takes 10 to 12 months for them to be fully recover and sometime even longer with based on yeah. new research. And yeah. I figure if I put something down in, in paper and it just hand it to them and be like, Hey, read this before your <laughs> surgery. So you can understand that the steps uh, you, you need to take before you get back on the field. So I can paint that picture for them, uh, for the coaches, for the athletes, for the parents. So that way, when six months come, I don't hear, well, my little cousin who tore it the same day as me just got clear by someone. Why am I not clear yet? And uh -huh. I want my standards to be very clear of, hey, we don't just clear people because they can run and they look okay. Like we clear people based on these these kind of testing, right? Yes. So we have a very firm standards um, and if I can just express that on on a very digestible book that is less than a hundred page pages long, I know people will come in and like, all right, if I'm gonna work with Nat and his team, I need to get, you know, ninety plus percent quad to quad ratio. I need to be able to cut, pivot, turn in a, you know, non-contact and contact setting, and I need to be able to manage my, you know, my fatigue level and my body mechanics when I'm, you know, I'm under um, high stress intensity uh, game-like situation. Love this. I absolutely love this. Are you, I got a few questions written down, but um, we'll start with this one. Are you, are people, just from a business perspective, are you people purchasing this book? Like they're, they've come in 
however way before surgery, are they purchasing it or they've come in post-op? You giving it to them, purchasing them? I just, I'm just wondering that. So the book has been out for a week. Uh, my true goal of this is to um, have people from all over the world purchase the book on Amazon so they can read it and understand it and it. have access to this exercise library. I think the book, I love it. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about the book, but I'm really more proud of the exercise library that I have put together on Kajabi's. Um, and it goes from step-by-step step from day one to returning to acceleration and deceleration. I love right? it. With a running program in there. Um, that's what I'm really proud of. And Daddy, it's amazing. Uh, yeah. And the goal of that is to just, again, be able to give people resources and I can use it as a lead magnet where if someone's yeah. not convinced how we can help them, I can just say, Hey, listen, I wrote a whole book about this thing. You know, I know a little bit than, than, than the normal PT. Yeah. Right. Um, so why don't you take a look if what you're reading kind of connect with you and you want to work with me and my team and follow our system, then this is the best place for you to be. I love that. I love the kind of uh, business savvy too, as well as, you know, using it as a lead magnet, but also removing yourself from the business of convincing and being like, here, educate yourself. You know, I'm thinking on the top of my head, uh, you know, Ben Patrick came out with a book. Love Ben Patrick. You folks know that. Love knees over toast guy. Uh, and yep. he came out with a book and I think there's so, there's so He's much. the value. only book that is ranking ahead of my book right now. Damn. Yeah. Okay. The battle is on. No, no battle. I love his stuff. All right. I mean, my man's also on Joe Rogan, so he's got a massive audience. Mm -hmm. But yeah. uh, this is what I love. You doing this. Ben doing this. I truly believe that if we're going to revamp in any way, shape, or form the healthcare system, it's so broken. If we're going to fix it, revamp it, change it, it has to come from the bottom up with educating the consumer. And I love that you said you're giving it to them in a way that they actually understand, that they can actually digest. It's a length that it's comprehensive. Like it can't be one page long. So it's, you know, less than a hundred pages. So it is, it's not, you know, a million pages though, comprehensive, digestible, implementable, and then if they want the next step, they're like, all right, cool. I want to work with you. Amazing. Are yeah. you at all worried about, and I already know what you're going to say, but let's talk about it. Are you all at all worried about um, pushback from, you know, the crotchety PTs that you're teaching too much or that, you know, someone comes to them and is like, well, I read in Natty's book that I should be doing this and they're not doing that. Doing that. Are you at all concerned about that? I'm not because... Um... At least it's, it, it gives the patient a talking point, right? Yes. So Amen. from there, if you disagree with my view of how I treat my ACR rehab, it's your opportunity to educate your patient. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Correct my mistake. I love it, Maddie. I love it. Out of curiosity, uh, and I, this kind of, I guess this is going to kind of tie into your model and how you do business, but... This is a phenomenal opportunity for people to read something and educate themselves. So I tore my ACL. I am your patient. I did this when I was 15 and I didn't have any of this going in and it would have been phenomenal. How, and again, though, this was a million years ago. So I'm 37, it's 22 years ago. Uh, how can you get this into the hands of people before surgery? Is it largely through like, you know, Amazon and things like that, or are there other avenues you're exploring? So um, I have established partnerships with um, local surgeons that awesome. I have good connection with. And, you know, it will be readily accessible for their patients. 
you know, because yeah. my job of writing this book is to help out the surgeon as well. Like, hey, listen, I know you're tired of telling the parents that you can't clear them in six months. Have them read this. Yeah. I'm doing majority of the work for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love this. I love this. I And, you know, like if you come on, on my website, myokinetics.com, you know, if you fill out some uh, some questionnaire, like we'll, we'll send you the book. You know, like mm-hmm. the, the whole point is, uh, yes, I can make a little bit of money on this, but it. that's not the whole goal. The whole goal totally. is to really shift the paradigm on how we treat ACL rehab. My right. Back. The overall mission of this is to really decrease the retail rate of ACL. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Natty, why is it so high? Um, I think there's so many different factors, but the first thing I, I would have to say is more of a confident level mm-hmm. where they just never really got a chance to fully reconnect it with their bodies again. Yep. And totally. they are just tentative and when you're tentative that's when you are at the highest risk yep so the and secondly i think with rehab they they're not being pushed enough they're not being pushed hard enough that. um to understand like what is to simulate the the game time intensity right totally. you know if you're not being pushed um that like you, you're gonna feel something in in the fourth quarter in the in the that. second half and you need to be pushed to that point. And I think yes. right now, I, I, I love the new wave of PT where everyone is very movement-based. Um, I think we need to go intensity-based as well. Yes. Where how, how how hard we can push the patient. Like Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. They need to understand. Like, it should be extremely challenging. That. At, the, at, at literally the end stage of, of rehab. That. That is what's so missed. That will take it back to your penne vodka, you know, analogy. It's that right there. And I see this from my own personal experience, both as a patient and as a clinician. And this is where you got to know, look yourself in the face and look yourself in the mirror or whatever and say, is this what my expertise is? Because maybe it isn't taking people to that max extreme. Maybe you refer out for that. Because you just you don't have the facility for it. And like, you, you you know, you're in New York City and the space is really small and you can only do it so much and you you don't have accesses or it's just not your expertise. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Own it. So I really love you said before, people kind of say like, we specialize in, in ACL rehab or like we are a movement-based facility, but you nailed it there. What about the intensity? That is missed. We get on PTs about, you know, the little yellow therabands, which... Mm-hmm is the truth. But also on the other end of this, if we're trying to take people back to these, any kind of sport, the intensity level has to match. That's why people keep, you know, tear their ACLs again. They keep, you know, uh, straining their hamstrings because the intensity replication is not there. I love that, Natty. Mm-hmm. And um, another factor is effort too. Like, are you getting enough effort out of your patients? Do you know how to bring the best out of them? Um mm-hmm. I, I can't blame PTs in, entirely. I think it's the setting as well. If they yeah. don't have enough time to treat the patient, you totally. cannot do that, right? That's why totally. the clinic is is set up the way it is, where we only do one on one for a whole hour because we have time to do that. Awesome. You know, we have time to build rapport. Um, and you know, I think one of the scale that we use uh, is the ACL RSI, which measure the ready the readiness mentally mm-hmm. um, for the patient. So that's that's a huge huge ones for us, um, you know, cause they can show all the, they can pass the hop test and everything else. If yeah. they're not ready mentally, 
again, that will be a huge contributing factor on why they tear it again. I love this. I love this. I love this so much more than, you know, you you all listening to this know how I feel about the APTA and whatnot. And you go to CSM and things like that. For those of you that are not in the PT world, those are like our big conferences. And you go and there's always the same presentations about ACLs. And I'm like, I don't think we're getting any better at this mm-hmm. because it's the same thing being discussed every year. Yeah. And uh, just to go back to um, to Ben, the yeah. knee of a toe guys, um, I was talking to my PTs about it. I was like, why is he so popular? I was like, he's popular because he's taking a common mis- misconception and make it a common conception. Yeah. Right. It's like yes. in weightlifting, everyone squat with knees over toes. Like, and <laughs> yeah. because if you want to hit parallel, you have exactly. to hit that. It's normal. It's a normal thing. Listen, you look at uh, acceleration, you know, you need, you know, positive shin angle. Mm-hmm. Knees going to be over toes. It has, it has to be. It's impossible. I, I even know. I feel like it was like a bad joke. I, I just imagine it's like 20 years ago, someone from Impractical <laughs> Joker just said, all right, now tell this patient, don't let the knees go over the toes. And then someone said it and then just got repeated. And then it just now become like a giant impractical joke amongst, you know, PT misconception. <laughs> yeah. So oh, listen, I, I love Ben and his stuff. I follow it. Like, I mean, no one's talking about and, and tip braces more than that guy. All right. Right. Nobody. And, yeah. And it's, it, it's so important. <laughs> You know, one of these days, I'm, I'm hoping I, I, I get to meet him in person. Um, you know, I, I love the energy for sure. Um, and yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm chasing after him on my Amazon list. He's like right it. above me. I love this. I love this. Natty, talk to me a little bit about this, this, the specifics of the book since we're delving into that and you're chasing him. You said you got an exercise library that, you know, works concurrently with this, uh, hosted on Kajabi. How does that actually work? So... I treat it as a, an online course where someone oh, sign in, yeah. they say, Hey, here's your first week course, heel slides, uh, SAQ, basic exercise mm. stuff. And then each week, once they're done, um, obviously this disclaimer with the book is, you know, you use this book as a guide to work with your current PT. Yes. So when you're ready to move to the next phase, right? So in the book, you can say, all right, you finish this phase when you can do X, Y, and Z. Now it's time to move on. Love it. Yep. And then you just go, all right, now I'm ready to go to the next level. Right. So in a way I gamify it to the point where I'm just giving breadcrumbs for people to follow. Totally. Right. I'm, I'm trying to, uh, developify this, um, this whole big, big, bad wolf of ACL injury. Uh, That is huge. Yeah. It's such a long process. And all I'm trying to do is make it achievable. Yeah. Absolutely. Right, just showing up, do these things, or what people can do is just go to the back of the book, see what's the end looks like, and they can just reverse engineer their way back. So now they can yeah. slowly bridge the gap for themselves. Mm-hmm. That that last part, I was thinking that in my head of of kind of. It, it sounds like it would also be appropriate for someone who had perhaps torn it a while ago, had surgery, but never maybe came fully back. You could still hop into this and be like, "Oh shit!" Like. All of this deceleration work, uh, you know, contact, non-contact, and be able to be able to handle these forces uh, and be able to handle uh, deceleration and change of direction. 
I never mm-hmm. did that. Yep. They can pick up there. Like, I, I think this is absolutely, absolutely phenomenal. Natty, you're working with all different kinds of athletes, all different sports. Mm-hmm. And so book, obviously appropriate. Like, does it have specific examples for like, oh, it's more so in this sport and doing this? Or are you just kind of giving the demands of sport in general? What does it look like? I kept it very simple to like GPP, where as long yeah. as you can learn how to accelerate, decelerate, weight shift, cut and pivot, I Love kept it. it very simple with that. And, you know, I trust the treating therapist will do the right thing by progressing them appropriately based on their sport, based on uh, their position and uh, whatever athletic um, potential that the patient has. I love this. Natty, what got you into, I mean, I'm thinking back to when I first met you, I'm thinking back to your early, earlier content in the weightlifting and things like that and always being in the sports world. But what was the, what is the penchant for ACLs? Um, yeah, I, I kind of stumble upon it because of my first uh, position mm. and I just started getting more ACL and I'm like, you know, this is really cool. And I I was on another podcast like a month ago talking about why ACL. And to me, I find a lot of parallels with ACL um, injury patients to, to my life is, um, you know, like when you tore your ACL, your season's over, mm-hmm. right? You're questioning a lot about your abilities to even play again. Your yep. whole identity is gone. Yep. If you identify as an athlete, you're no longer that. Uh, pretty much whoever you are, you you got taken away with that one incident. Yep. Um, and with me, it's more like, you know, when I moved here, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm finding a new identity. Um, you know, I have to start from over. And there's something cool about that to be able to help someone get through a really, really dark place um, and to come out on top. So it's like a lot of trial and tribulation when it comes to ACL. And to me, I'm like, if I can help this, you know, this person in front of me get out slowly from the darkness into the light and becoming who they once were before, and if not even better, have them discover other dimension of who they are and not just identify with just being an athlete. I think uh, it's a huge... um, I want to say it, it's um, it's it's a huge privilege for me to yeah. be able to help someone. That's awesome, Maddie. That. Maddie, I want you to keep going with that because yes, uh, my girl Courtney has linked episode one forty eight, and you can hear Natty's back backstory. But we also know that you're listening to this episode right now, so let me do you a little solid. Can you talk about your backstory because you kind of alluded to it there and how it ties into you know someone's experience with tearing and having to rehab their ACL. Can you give us a little insight as to your personal, your life backstory? Yeah, um, just a real quick summary. Um, I was born in Thailand. Uh, I moved to the U.S. at the age of 12. Um, You know, just my mom, dad, sister, and myself, we really didn't have much. We all lived in a one-bedroom studio, and we all just kind of pick out one corner, and that's where we stayed. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know... Compared to Thailand, we were doing okay. We're in middle class in Thailand. We have our own rooms and it's just a huge shift, right? So I have yeah. to learn to start over and, you know, and I'll tell you what, it was easily the hardest thing, but also the best thing, right? Because I, I don't take anything for granted at all. Just like, again, same parallel. 
once you take your LCL once, you never take your sport for granted ever again. True. Yep. So, true. and then just like anything else in life, you, you got to know what the bottom looks like in order to find your way back up. Yeah. And to me, that was bottom. And from there, all I do is I just know what I, what I didn't want to do, what I didn't, where I didn't want to be. So I just keep working my way through um, academically um, to get to where I am now. Um, just like ACL patients, right? Yeah. They know uh, what it's like to, to tear the ACL and they know that there's probably something that they did that caused them to tear the ACL. So it's our job to kind of like, all right, do you remember what you did? Okay, let's teach you how to do it better. So that way this doesn't happen again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want to keep going with this. I have, two, I have two directions I could take this, but I want to keep going with this. Okay. Because you said you kept working to get where you are now. Where are you now, Natty? What does it look like? What is life? What does business look like? Uh, where I am now is where I envisioned myself to be, where I plan to be like three years ago, right? So where I am now is where I was hoping to be um, three years ago. Okay. Um, uh, let me elaborate on that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. in, I think in life and in business, it's very similar where you're, where I am in this moment um, is the result of what I did two, three years ago. Yes. Right. And there's a, so two, three years ago, I envisioned having a clinic with, uh, that is scalable where I have great PTs working for me. I have a full staff from, you know, marketers, uh, operational manager, you know, front desk manager, all working for me. So that way I have time to, you know, work on myself, um, and work on cool projects like this, like publishing a book. Right. And, you know, connecting to someone like, like yourself. So that way I can grow myself personally. And if I can grow myself personally, I can grow my staff really well. So that's where I am right now. I'm in this space where I get to still treat because I choose to, um, I get to push my boundary forward to things that I'm afraid of doing. Um, if you go back to our last podcast, I think we spend a lot of time talking about like my broken English, right? It's, it's our... <laughs> I wasn't going to bring it up. Yeah. But I kinda... <laughs> um, you know, since then I, I, I got a public speaking coach, um, you know, I'm doing some wow. deep work doing it and there's nothing like writing a book to solidify that. Like, yeah, I'm here. I'm, I'm American Look in some way. Look yeah. at this. I just got chills, Natty. Yeah. I just got chills. And listen, by no means I did this by myself. I got a book coach. Um, I got an editor. Like this thing was like eight, seven drafts in before we submitted to Amazon. So when you read it, it's great because we did the due diligence to make sure that it's, it's, it's presentable. Damn, Maddie. Can you, can you talk a little bit more about that? I haven't written down because I, I did want to know. What is the actual process of writing or what was your process of writing this book? So again, um, First, the first process, you need to have some sort of game plan, right? So I was like, all right, I want to write a book. How would I do it? So I took the approach of breaking into pieces. So I turned, I turned the book into four different blogs. So okay. rather than like, I'm writing a book, I'm just saying, oh, I'm just writing blogs. Mm-hmm. And then from there, I compiled them together. 
and then added different elements into it to make sure they 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 glue well together yep, yep. and then after that i just took a bunch of pictures insert them and then record a bunch of videos uh create a kajabis for them and then that's pretty much it like it's as simple as that um the hardest thing is to fight the resistance in your head yeah like what what be, uh you know what's going on in between your ears yeah uh you know this constant self-doubt like am i good enough right mm -hmm. who's gonna read it what are people gonna say to me uh and then if just you know daily you just overcome it by doing it that's it that's it natty how did you so that's the creation part and i love that you simplified that and mm -hmm. like you didn't you're not saying that it's easy but like yeah it can literally be this simple there will be difficult parts and things to overcome i love you that you mentioned the resistance mm -hmm. what for the second part of it is like the actual then like publication pub is that the word public publicating of, i don't even know what the word is how did you get this thing published um so i hired uh, a a book coach that will help me walk through this whole process um so i say hey i got this manuscript what do i do next and okay. i signed up for a service she planned the whole thing out for me like hey when do you want your launch date to be cool all right you want to launch this day here's what needs to happen Damn. three weeks before two weeks before and she planned the whole thing out she help me with my cover and just making sure everything is up to standard with um with amazon kdp um and it was really easy because there were a lot of obstacles that came up but because she handled it before i was not yeah. freaked out at all i was fine totally how did you find her um a friend of mine who's in my business coaching group she published a book and she is the one who connected me with her. Um, yeah, her name is Lisa. So if anyone interested, they can you always reach out to me. I'll I'll connect you guys. Um, she made it so simple. Couldn't ask for a better coach. This is amazing. And then it was done. You just you listened to what she said. You did it. Mm -hmm. And then now you have a top book on Amazon. Yeah, like as of this morning, we were. Uh, the book was top 10 and is currently ranked number one new release in sport medicine, um, which is really cool um, as a PT. Because if you look at that sport medicine section, there's no PTs on that list. So Damn. I take pride in, uh, you know, put a little PT flag on, on that list. Dude, this is freaking... <sighs> Natty, I am so incredibly, incredibly incredibly proud of you i'm sitting you know right here thinking about going out to dinner with you and jamie uh and we'll call him dr dr white leggings uh, <laughs> and i'm never gonna let him live that down i love it i hope he never changes those um and going out to dinner after you know teaching a class there and you know everyone being very much in the beginning of career of careers and still working for other people but having bigger visions and knowing that it would become that they would you know all three of you would go and do different things, bigger things, your own things. And now talking to you, however many years forward this is, I really don't know what year that was to compare to now, but quite a few years forward. And this, like you are doing incredible, incredible, incredible things. Like, are you writing more books? Yeah, I, I have a second book in mind. It's gonna be um, for throwing injury, right? So we see 
uh, a lot of elbows and shoulders for overhead athletes, especially for baseball. Uh, so that's going to be my second book. Um, I'm just slowly focusing on undisturbed population. So like ACL, UCL, right? And Mm -hmm. I'm just going to keep following this roadmap to see where it takes me. Man, Natty, I love this. I got a question. Actually, let's just do a little PT talk. I got a question here. Okay. Why so many ACL tears? Um, Again, many different factors. Uh, If I have to pick is um, over-specialization, too many games are being played, too many, uh, there's no true break. Um, there's really, there's, there's no, uh, there's no brief moment that allows kids just to be kids, learning how to move in different direction, um, or even like sit still to be aware of their body. Um, competition gets, get tighter. Uh, people are more focused about recruiting. Like, I mean, like, that seventh graders worry about college recruiting. Insane. Like, dude, like Insane. learn how to talk to girls first. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> That's my guy. Yeah. So uh, a lot of pressure, societal pressure, parental pressure. Um, I think that's that's how I would frame it. I think those mm-hmm. are the, the, the factors that really contribute to increasing ACL tear. That's big. Very big because I know we have a lot of parents that listen to this podcast and hopefully that lands. You know, I think that when we're we're talking about injuries, the first thing that a PT wants to say is, well, you can't prevent injury. Okay, but, you know, you take from Andrea Ospina, you can prepare for it. But I think also we could we need to look and there's the both end of like, but why are the incidences increasing? And I think that, you know, mm-hmm. people that want to be, want to make sense of things, we want things to be logical. And so it's like, okay, well, it must be because we're missing this. We have to train more like this. And I love that answer that you just gave of specializing too early, not actually learning how to just move, not learning how to sit and sit still and actually connect with your body. This is phenomenal, Natty. Look at this guy. Look mm-hmm. at this guy. Natty, you are, you're exceptional. I'm no, really... I appreciate it. I mean, listen, you lead the way a lot, Shante. So I, I don't know if you hear this enough. I mean, you say people are awesome. I think you're, I think you're great. Uh, I, I think we that, met Maddie. each other in person 2017, Damn. right? And I'll tell you what, if it wasn't for your um, Kajabi platform, I wouldn't even know about Kajabis. Ah, you're welcome. <laughs> it is a dope it, platform. Yeah, oh, it's, it's great. Platform. It is, it is. Natty, I want to chat... Uh, this is maybe maybe take a step back and talk about the bigger picture here. That's part of the thing that we say and that is said in the intro to this podcast. As it relates to building your best life, as it relates to all of these things you've been able to do, you're running a clinic, you've wrote a book, and you slid it in there when I asked, well, how did you know, how did you meet this person? Then it was about connections and networking Mm-hmm. and relationships. And I think you are phenomenal at that. I think you are phenomenal at establishing and maintaining connect connections and relationships. Can you just riff on that a little bit for anyone that's listening to this, maybe anyone that's looking to, you know, start their own business, looking to further their career? What what words of wisdom could you impart surrounding building relationships and networking? Um, you got to be able to help people first, you got to give, like, there's so many people that are out there asking. And 
I mean, this is you. Every time I hear about this is uh, when someone texted me asking me to pick my brain about something, right? Before I'm like, eh, I, that doesn't bother me because it doesn't happen to me as often. But now I do get a lot of it. Yeah. And, you know, just give, just, you know, maybe offer to take someone else to a cup of coffee, something. right? Something, seriously. You shooting me a text on a Sunday randomly. <laughs> I mean, that's not going to work. And, you know, I, I can't help you. You know, I think you have to show up and tell people why they need to help you by helping them first. Yes. I think that's yes. really the golden rule. Like, hey, what what can I help you with? What are you dealing with? All right, cool. All right, let me help you more and more and more. Okay. And then at the end, again, it's like marketing 101, right? Talk to your patients. Like, you know, you give, 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 and then ask. Like Gary V covered this in his like whatever first book from 2012. Damn. Um, so yeah, it's, it's as simple as that. You just got to show up and just show people that you can help them. And then in turn, they will want to help you. I love that. I love that. Can you tie that into, so folks uh, that are listening to this, we, Natty and I talked for like 20 minutes before the, before we, before I hit record. Uh, and I was like, wait, we have to stop so I can capture all of this. Can you speak a little bit about, or a lot, whatever you want, it's your time. Uh, speak about how this ties into how you run your business. Because to me, it is a clinic that if I was practicing that I'd want to work at, like I personally don't know that I'd want to run my own clinic and it can feel so rare to actually find a clinic owner that wants to give or has the capacity. I don't, maybe I won't say wants to give, that has the capacity to give and champions that and sets things up such that their uh, PTs can, can do what they want to be doing, which is treating while the, you know, the clinic owner is worrying about running the business. Can you speak to your model uh, and just how you run things there at Myokinetics? Yeah, uh, absolutely. So my model is very simple. I go back in time and ask myself if a perfect job except, uh, exists for me to work as a new grad and to grow and to be there for 20 years, what would what it would be like? What kind of setting would it be? What kind of owners? Uh, how fair does that person have to be? Um, what other core values do they have in that company for me to grow in and call it a home, right? So that's where it first started. So, I, you know, my my goal as a clinic owner is to create a job that I wish I had so I didn't have to go take the risk of starting a business. Um, and, you know, I treat everyone very fairly, uh, but we have very high standard, right? Because we have to, we're, we're trying to set the tone for the field in general, right? We we abide by our core values, right? We live by them, we die by them, we hire, we fire people, we train them by the core values. So everyone has to have that common goal. Um, and, you know, how I treat my staff is like, I'm very fair with them. You know, I, I sit down, I figure out what is it that they need? What is it that they want? And then we can find some common grounds, right? Because yeah it's very easy for you to come out of school and say, oh, well, here's why you should hire me and pay me 90 grand. But you do need to bring something to the table because uh -huh. at the end of the day, it's the business. If the business do well, like if the business does well, everybody wins. You get a race, right? You yeah. get more opportunity. You get more con ed. You get more specialty, right? I have more marketing budget. I can, I can get you that ideal patient, right? Like we, I would say 90... 8% of the population we work with are our ideal patient, like 2% maybe randomly, but 
I can't even say that because if they're not ideal, they're not the right fit to be our patient, we don't work with them because we don't want to waste their time. We don't want to waste our time, right? We're very, we're selected with who we work with. So because we're selected with our patient, we are selected with our therapist. I love this. Yeah. You know, because Damn. I don't ever want to come into work and feel like, you know what, this is not my place. I don't want to create a, mm -hmm. an environment that I hate. Um, and I don't want to work with people that I don't like. And the same thing, um, <laughs> totally. <laughs> I, I created this, right? I mean, I can speak on it more where, uh, like there's, there's instances in the past where things kind of got out of hand. We grew a little bit too fast. Uh, we didn't have our, you know, core value aligned, right? I didn't know what I was doing. Like I, I can easily say that, but then as I made more and more mistake, I learned what I need to do to, to fix them. Uh, I, you know, when, when you first start out running a business, you have a hazy vision of what you want yeah. your business to be. And yeah. as you do more and more, that vision become clearer. Um, it's like, you know, when you go for your uh, yearly eye exam, the the ophthalmologist asks you to look at that red barn, right? It's always a red barn. <laughs> we all know it's a barn, but they just ask you how clear it is. Uh, so when you're first starting out year one, you know it's a red barn, but it's super hazy. Mm -hmm. And the more mistakes you make, the more you correct them, it become more clear, yeah. right? So that's when you you tighten up the standards. So, like three years ago, I, my standard was super lax. Like I, I, if someone, I mean, the the most important things to me of uh, hiring a, a PT is how much do they care about their patient. If yeah. they care and they can communicate, you're mostly gonna get hired by me because mm -hmm. by that time I'm working a lot already. Yeah. You know, luckily yeah, yeah. for me, I got. A first grade PT who was a student I have good connection with, and he's a rock star. He's been with me, uh, you know, since 2018. So he's still here with me. It, it's wow. great. I'm very fortunate to have something like that. But now, whoever come on board, like we're we're called a tight ship. Like yeah. you know, I meet with them biweekly to go over. They responsible for KPIs that they have to hit, right? Just like I'm yeah. responsible yeah. to hit KPIs. Um, yeah, and it's a two way street. Like when I when we meet. When I meet with my team is most, the biggest thing is like, Hey, what's going on? Talk mm -hmm. to me. Um, and then the second thing is like, Hey, if you're a little lacking on this, let's, let's find out why, what can I do to help you get that up? Right. And then, Hey, I did not, I did a lot on your plates. Um, usually with friction is means there's, there's some sort of miscommunication there somewhere, yeah. Yeah. right? As long as their value align, they understand the core value and, and, and it, we matches, we're fine. We just have to, like, you know, file to in the communication. I love this. Natty, are you, so one of the things actually, oof, maybe I did a short episode on this inspired by you. I hadn't brought you on yet, but I think it was you. You had reached out and you were like, is it selling out if I take insurance? Yes. Yes. Right? That was we, me. I'm not trying to think. I'm like, I think that was actually Natty that inspired it. And I was like, heck no, you're not selling out. Like, especially given uh, a post-op um a post-op population and also just trying to get a business running and depending on where you are, like, no, it's not selling out. So long story short, folks know it's not selling out. Uh, Courtney, I am not sure what episode number that is, but if you could link that one, it is like from the beginning days, that'd be awesome. But what's the model now? Are we hybrid, taking insurance? What do we look like? Yep, we're hybrid. Still the it. same model. Yep, out network, hybrid, cash. I love it. Do the, Are the majority of people that are post-op ACLs, are they... Because it can be a lot of sessions. Are they the ones that are primarily insurance or what does that look like? 
So I would say 60% of it insurance, 40% of it cash pay, because by the time they get to us, they're in the purgatory stage where insurance cut them off because they're functional, oh, okay. but they're not ready to participate in sport. Ah, so you're getting some people that are after that super acute phase that are like, we did stuff, but like, I like that phrase, purgatory phase. How are they finding you? Um, word of mouth or uh, some surgeons, I'm very fortunate to work with some really good surgeon where they're like, hey, I know they're expensive, but you got to go see these people. Ah, I like this. Do you see, what percentage would you say are, uh, for, for the, for the, let's say just for ACLs, what percentage are immediately post-op that you see and what are in the purgatory phase? Immediately post-op, I'd say we're around 20%. Okay. Um, and then purgatory phase, we that's, that's high because the, the surgeon understand what kind of quality work we do and... Some of them just say, hey, we don't want to bore you with the easy range of motion stuff. Yeah. So we're going to send them to in-network. Mm -hmm. But now my whole argument against that is like, if you send me someone from day one, we can get them better faster Yep. as well. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, and the environment that I cultivated in, in this clinic is perfect for athletes, for anyone who's active. Like yes. anyone who doesn't want to be sitting on the sideline, as, mm -hmm. as far as an adult or a, as a um, uh, young athletes, it's just the environment for them. Like, you know, like it's, it's run like a strength conditioning gym. It, it has all the bells and whistles for it. So that way you never miss a beat of being an That's athlete. Awesome. That it's is always huge. there. That environment, that is huge. Just like it can be super demoralizing for you. Cause like you said, you tear your ACL, you're a young athlete. You tear your ACL, you're like questioning, will you return? You're watching the season slip away. It's hopefully not a pivotal year in your high school experience, but maybe it is. You're questioning, you know, am I going to be able to get college offers? And then you go to PT and there's, I have nothing against grandmas, but you're like next to somebody that's lifting one pound dumbbell and you're like, this is the worst. Mm -hmm. I'm definitely not going to be able to come back. There's zero uh environmental motivation going on there. So I love that you have that and that you've you double down on that. Was that ever a concern, Natty? Like one of the things I see with PTs, especially just because of how the schooling is, is that we're pushed as generalists and we're pushed to be like general orthopedics and this like this wide variety and like treating the average Joe. Nothing wrong with that. Was there ever a concern in when you started your own practice or were you like, nah, this is how I'm doing it. We're running it for this kind of demographic people that it's not a good fit for. It's not a good fit for them. That's okay. No, it's, it's not a concern because, um, you know, I, I know what I'm really good at and I know who I can help and I'm realistic with that. So I rather just focus on that niche. Like, so I niche I down it. like almost immediately. Um, you can't help everybody. Totally. Um, and if you're gonna, if you're trying to be good at everything, you're good at nothing. Stuff. So, yeah, that's that's always my approach. Um, you know, again, having a background as a, a weightlifter, there's two lifts: snatch, clean, and jerk. I'm not trying to get good at everything. I don't mm -hmm. care if I back squat well, but it, all the at the end of the day, there's two lifts that counts. That's it. The focus, mm -hmm. man. The focus. I love this. I love this. Uh, Natty, let me. I totally forgot to start doing this. Can you share with us your information? If people want to follow the clinic, check out the clinic. If they want to get the book, if they want to check you out on Instagram, what are all the what are all the links, the things like that? And we will put them in the show notes. 
Yeah, I mean, my Instagram is at doctor, so you guys spelled out D O C T O R dot natty n a t t y. Uh, the clinic is Myokinetic M Y O K I N E T I X. If you just follow those two pages, um, all the infos are there in the link tree. Uh, we're very active, very engaged. Um, you know, if you want to connect with me, shoot me a DM. Uh, you know, we're we're hosting a bunch of courses this year uh, in New Jersey, um, and then. You know, we're looking to expand this whole ACL rim as well, where I'm talking to uh, some good friends of mine who are very well-versed in the ACL rehab. And we're looking at really the goal is to put together some sort of ACL symposium for, um, oh, dope. yeah, for PTs um, to, to just learn, you know, um, it's some, again, going back to something I wish I had done yeah. when I was coming out of school. So, awesome. um, yeah, you know, that my friend... Awesome. My friend Siaz from Ignite Physio, uh, you know, oh, we're talking okay, with yeah. him. Yep. Uh, Andrew Millett from Move Strong. This is awesome. Yep. Keep me posted. That's not my forte uh, by any means, not my thing I enjoy. But let me know and I'll definitely promote that on my on my platforms as well because that's a that's a dope opportunity. So Yes. Yeah. That's and that's awesome. what we're trying to do. We're just trying to connect, um, you know, good PTs together. Um, you know, it's good for me. I'm always I, I always like to learn from the younger generation. Uh, you know, is always I'm always a student at heart. Yeah. This is so good. So, so, so good. Natty, I'm thinking, I'm looking. Oh, I got I got two more questions for you. Yeah, I have One, time. Is there a preferred way that you have for people to buy the book? Like, is it better for them if they buy it on website or is it cool to go through Amazon? What helps you? Um, I think on Amazon is the best. Um, okay. And, you know, for so many reasons. A, I'm trying to beat Ben. Um, <laughs> and B, I'm really trying to uh, get to, you know, rank number one in sport med. You know, I, I want to be, I, I want to put PT back on the map. Ah, man, there he is. It's, it's, this is nice to hear someone coming out and being positive about PT because it's definitely, we're in a time where I think it's very easy for people to be negative about it, to pull away from it, to not want to be known as a PT. And uh, it's nice to hear you being like, let's go. I'm putting it back on the map. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Maybe just don't join that doctor of physical therapy on Facebook because there's a lot of <laughs> negative stuff in there. Um, you know, <laughs> you don't want to be in that kind of echo chamber. That's my yeah. guy. Straight up truth. Straight up truth. The book, again, folks, we got it linked in the in the show notes. Thank you, Courtney. The book is called The Complete Guide to ACL Rehab by Dr. Natty Bandesack. It's got his face on there, the handsome character on there. Uh, so you can check that out on, um, not on Instagram, on uh, Amazon. We'll link that. Okay, the final question that I have for you, my guy, is there anything else that you would like to leave the people with? Any last words of wisdom? Anything? Um, I I think the last thing I can say is that you know if I'm I'm, I'm here as an example, if you want to get something done, you're more than capable of. You know, most of the time, um, when people tell you you can't do something, is a reflection of how they feel about themselves and. When they tell you no, that you can't do a certain thing, is that they don't want to do it because if you did it, it will invalidate why they fail in life. So don't let those people stop you from doing the thing that you want to do. Um, you know, there's really, 
nothing else matters really um is is what in between your ears um you don't need permission from anyone to succeed or to fail. Um, the earth doesn't stop spinning, yes. you know, with, with, with or without uh, your permission. So if the earth keeps spinning, you should keep going. I love that. The earth keeps spinning, you should keep going. It's the whole damn truth. The whole damn truth. Natty, thank you. This was a phenomenal episode and our, our chat before. It is so good to hear your voice. It's so good to hear all that you're doing. Oh. Maybe I got one more question. You still got the BMW yeah. or like what's going on with that? Oh, no. I'm here to save the environment with the Tesla now. Okay. Look at this, man. <laughs> like, I mean, I, just, I might as well just move to California, right? <laughs> <laughs> There's my guy. I meant to ask that when uh, we were talking about where you're at now and it slipped my mind. I was like, oh, wait, shit. I got to ask him. It is so good to hear from you. I'm so glad you shared your story, your backstory, where you're at now. Thank you for sharing the fact that you've you know, written this book. And thank you for writing this book and showing all of us what is possible. I truly, truly, truly appreciate you, Natty. No, thank you for having me. Again, Chante, you're a great mentor. Um, you know, I, I really appreciate you for what you have done for Alfio, uh, just showing it's, it's possible to do the damn thing, living the life that you want, um, you know, without sacrificing your morals and um, still, you know, push the field forward and leaving the place better than when you find it. And you're the best. You're welcome. Thank you for saying that. You folks listening, thank you. We know you could have been doing anything and you chose to listen to us. And for that, we are both endlessly appreciative. I got three asks for you today. I try not to ask a lot, but I got three today. Number mm -hmm. one, if you like this episode, if you're picking up what we're putting down, share it. Let's get the word out. Point number two, or ask number two, do me a solid and connect with my boy, Natty. If you like the episode, let him know. Go give him a little round of applause. It's all about relationships. And number three, ask number three, go check out that book. I love my guy, Ben, but let's see if we can get a little, you know, competition going here on the Amazon. All right. That's all I got for you, officially wrapping it up. Until next time, friends, Dr. Natty Bandisak and Maestro. Nice